0: Let's bow our heads, and then we're going to transition into the word of God for this morning. God bless you, and Father God, we praise you, and we thank you, God. We appreciate you for blessing the people. We thank you for their giving, but God, we've come to the preaching moment. God, I'm asking for preaching strength, God. I'm praying for illumination of the ears and the spirits of your listeners. And the hearts of your listeners, that something would be deposited in them so that their coming wouldn't be in vain. But I'm praying that you would bless me to speak it and teach it with clarity so that it would sink in, God. God, I thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, unhindered and unchecked by any satanic or demonic forces. God, bless my voice, God, and think through my mind and speak through these vocal cords. And God, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say, amen. All right, with our Bibles in our hands, we're going to go ahead and do what we customarily do. Repeat after me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I will have, I will have. Amen. I'm a, Temple, I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love By living our vision every day We connect with our creator Continually We confess our deliverance Consistently We commit to serve creatively And we communicate Christ's love Compassionately Beautiful, Father God, Father God. Feed, me feed me your word. Come on, if you believe it, come on, make some noise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lord. Do it one more time. Hallelujah to the Lord. <laughs> Lord <laughs> God. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm, we're just going to start off with uh, the title for the this morning. And the title is simply this, uh, Defender. Defender. Um, I'm not going to explain the uh, title until I get a little bit later in, and then uh, I'll expound on a little. So we are going to give a definition. Then I'm going to go and pick up something from last week, and then I'll bring it all together. So uh, here's the definition to resist an attack made on someone or something. Normally when I think of defender, I'm usually thinking in sports terms, that you you have an opponent and then you have a defender. You usually are trying to get to something and the defender's trying to stop you. But today it was a different thing that came to my mind. This, it, it, it stuck in my spirit in a different way. And, and later on I'll explain to you how I got here, but... But it wouldn't leave me once it got there. Once I, it, I locked onto it and it locked onto me. I, I, I'll say this, I'll, I'll pause and say this. The way, the way sermons come to me can be varied and can be different. Sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's the theme. Sometimes it's a verse. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes it's a discernment. A lot of things. But this time, the way God got me here was quite different than normal. And, and I'm gonna, uh, Bring, bring it back up later on. So I just kind of want to wet your whistle. Now I'm going to explain to you because it came to me in an odd way, but it came in an impactful way. But what happened, that word was left with me, defender. So I'll say that again. Defend, resist an attack made on someone or something to protect from harm or danger. All right. So I, I want to pick up something we did last week. When last week we talked about face and we went through the four areas of facing. And our fourth point was face the enemy. Somebody say face the enemy. And so when we, uh, when we went through those things, we had, uh, we spelled out face, we had fear, anger, change, and then we came to the enemy and how sometimes we have to face the enemy. And we used how bold David was with Goliath and how sometimes you just have to face things. And so uh, this was the quote that I left us with, and then we, we basically left with that. But here's the quote. Winners run into battle, but cowards run away. And then we gave you this pointed thing, don't be a coward. And so we don't want you to be a coward. We want you to face the enemy. And this is true. But piggybacking off of that, my first point is a question. And here's the question. And point number one is what happens when the battle runs to you? What happens when you don't have to find the battle, the battle finds you? And we talk about winners run into the battle, and we don't want you to be a coward, but if we're being honest there, sometimes the battle shows up on our doorstep whether we're ready or not. Sometimes things are advanced against us, and we have this unfair thinking and disadvantage in the fact that because we love God and because God loves us, there is just an assumption that everything will always work right in our life the first time around. So we have this expectation that the moment we are under attack that God going to jump. And he don't always jump. And sometimes stuff comes to us in unfair, disadvantaged ways and waves to where we can't control it. I always say this, that I don't mind fighting an enemy on one front. It's when I have to fight them on several fronts at the same time. Like like it's one thing to mess with my money, but to mess with my money and my marriage at the same time. To mess with my money, my marriage and my ministry at the same time. To mess with my money, my marriage, my ministry, my health and my kids all at the same time. At some point it becomes overwhelming. And even though you have faith, and even though you don't mind facing the enemy, and even though you don't mind running into the battle, and even though you don't mind waiting till the battle is over and shout right now, if we're honest, sometimes it gets a bit too much. It's coming too fast, it's coming too hard, and it's coming in such a way that it makes us wonder, God, do you care about us the way the preacher keeps preaching? And when the preacher says God is good all the time, I'm not sure if I can say all the time because there's so much happening. The battle is coming to me so much and so quick. And and here's the problem. One one of the unfair things is the deeper you go in God, the more intense the battle is. It seems like, like the battle would come harder the more you mess up in God. In other words, I know why the battle is coming because I've been cutting up. But sometimes, when you're cutting up, you find God's grace, and when you're locked in, you find the battle. And so, it can be very uh, it can be very taxing and strained. So here here's something to explain. Let's look at Matthew eleven twelve. And they're going to bring it up on the screen.
1: From the days of John the Baptist until now, mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence. And the violent have been seizing it by force. So this is
0: actually a normal occurrence. And you're not the first one to go through this. Deliver simple. You're not the first church to deal with this. Actually, from the days of John the Baptist till now, actually the kingdom of heaven has an enemy and has an attack and has an assault. And it's a violent assault. But it says those who are to possess the kingdom, they possess it with the violence too. In other words, we can't change the assault and we can't change the attack, but we can change how we deal with it. We got to get violent with the violence. That's why a couple weeks ago We talked about being a prepared people We go through too much hell To come in here lackadaisical and lazy We gotta come in here ready for battle Because the battle is ready for us Whether you like it or not So you gotta understand You gonna have to uh, sometimes bully the bully As long as you keep giving up the lunch money The bully gonna keep taking it At some point, you got to fight back. And you might fight back and lose, but what you need the bully to understand, if you're going to take it from me, you're going to take it with a fight. I'm not laying down. I'm not rolling over. I'm about to match your violence with some violence. And so, yes, it can be very unfair, but there's something that happens. I call it, there's a bulldog tenacity That's built into the inner fortitude of your spirit. In other words, you learn how to lock on things. There's some stuff I'm not letting go of. I know I haven't seen it yet. I know it hasn't showed up yet, but I'm still fighting for it. It, It's still worth fighting for. My faith is still worth fighting for. My marriage is still worth fighting for. My mind is still worth fighting for. I may not be where I want to be, but if you're going to take it from me, you're going to take it with all. Hi. Jacob, as crazy as he was, he got to a point in his life where he had a, a revelation with God. He said, I'm not letting go till you bless me. I'm about to hold on till I get something. I'm not going out like this forever. I'm willing to match this violence with some tenaciousness myself. Alright, having said that, let's continue this uh tracking with this. And so. I've got something I want to add to it. The battle versus the promise. The battle is one thing and the promise is another. And what you can't allow, you can't allow the battle to weaken the promise. The promise is still the promise. And even though the battle comes, many times the battle is coming because of the promise. One scripture says, it comes because of the word of God. That's why the battle is coming, but don't allow the battle to change the promise. And so having said that, let me give you a verse that's very familiar. We're going to uh, read through it and look at because we're actually going to give you more than what we normally preach on. So, but it's only one verse. Let's look at this in Isaiah 54, 17.
1: No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper.
0: This is something very familiar to us. We've quoted, we've talked about it, but I want us to read the verse in its entirety because many of us don't know the entirety of the verse, and so uh, they're going to keep going.
1: And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn.
0: Here's the truth of the matter. Sometimes... The battle comes because of the tongue. That there are people who, whether they know it or not, they are speaking witchcraft over your life. Mm, look at Donald, he think he all that. I hope God show him something But they they don't understand They are actually opening up for the devil To attack you Their jealousy and their envy And the words that they're speaking Are emboldening the demons That are against you I got enough demons already Let alone you talking about me Lying on me Let alone you opening your mouth And saying things that are actually About to trick me up and hit me up But the Bible says not only will no weapon Formed against you prosper But every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, God's going to condemn us. God's going to say, you didn't talk too much. You didn't said too much. Yeah, they called you dumb and they called you stupid, but they talked to the wrong person because this is my child. This is my daughter. This is my son. They called you broke. They said you would never be nothing, but I'm getting ready to turn things in your favor. And everybody that talked about you going to find out they belong to me. And here's, as we read the the entirety of the verse, we're going to see the ending of how the verse ends. Go ahead and put it up for us.
1: This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord.
0: This is actually the inheritance of those who serve me. This is the promise. No weapon is going to be able to prosper. Every tongue that comes up against you, that means every demonic tongue, everything spoken over you, every negative word curse, and some things were spoken over you in ignorance. There's some stuff your family members said over you. There, there's some things that they said that they didn't know in ignorance. They were allowing the devil to use them. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And there's some stuff you said about your own self. There are times that you got frustrated with yourself and said, "I'm just so stupid. I can't never get things right." And even those tongues, God said, "I'm not going to allow those tongues to rise up in your life. I'm about to shut it all down because I know you are part of my heritage. You, you are." part of my my lineage. You you are in my will. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and I'm about to change some stuff in your favor. So having said that, that's going to bring me to my point too because I can't really preach from there because I got to go back to a place of honesty. So let me ask this question. Why does it feel like weapons are prospering? No weapon formed against you. Shall be able to prosper. But pastor, why does it sometimes feel like the weapon is prospering? Now, you're telling me one thing. The promise is telling me one thing. But the battle is telling me something different. And so, I need to explain to you because your feelings don't tell the whole story. The late Bishop Donald Smith would say, feelings are like gas. They will pass. Just because you feel it don't mean it's the absolute truth. Sometimes your feelings can lie to you. You can feel one thing, but the truth can be something different. Let let me me give you an example. There there are people who go and they work out, and they they become so sore after they're working out. They say, there ain't no way I can do this. But what they don't understand, the feeling is not supposed to stop you. The feeling is actually supposed to propel you because in the workout world, they say no pain, no gain. And so even though it feels bad, it is actually getting you closer to your destination. When, when you actually work out, the, the, the muscle lining is tearing so new muscle can grow. But you got to get past The feeling, and the last time I worked out real good, I hurt so bad I ain't been back since. Got a preacher friend of mine, me and him, we weigh about the same. He got a big chest, just big chest, big biceps, and we worked out together. I was sore for like three weeks. Oh, he, I'm like, he's like, when you gonna come back to the gym? Not (laughs) soon. But I allow the feeling to stop the destination. Sometimes it's got to hurt a little bit to get you where you need to be. So don't allow the battle to alter the promise. The promise is still the promise. And many times the battle is showing up because of the promise. It's because of who you are that you've gone through what you've gone through. And I need you to hold on in the middle of the battle because the promise is still the promise. The promise is no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Now, it doesn't say that the weapon will not come. It says the weapon will not prosper or succeed, ultimately succeed. That doesn't mean winning. It means succeed. give you an example. I've been following the Colorado Buffaloes, and they had a horrible loss. This past week because they were up 29-0 at halftime, but they end up losing the game. And so what happens when teams are up that big, they get complacent. And the same drive they had to win, it begins to fade because they're doing so good. I'm here to tell you the devil is up 29-0 on you at halftime. And it looks like you're losing the battle. But as long as the final whistle has not blown, you still got a chance to turn this thing around. And if you ever watch sports... You can tell when a lead is slipping. The other team gets a momentum. I don't have to get it all back at one time. I just need to get one touchdown. I just need to get one catch. Let alone, let let me mess around and get one praise in. Let me mess around and wake up with a pep in my step. Let me plead the blood of Jesus one more time. Before long, you're going to find out this thing is turning around. I may have been losing, but the promise is still the promise. Let me me track through this and answer that question. Let's bring the question back up. See see if you can bring the question up in its its bigness for for both us and them. Even, so now, uh, let's go to point A. Even though the weapon won't prosper, attack. Can still come. So this is why it doesn't feel like. Uh, sometimes it doesn't feel right. Because even though the weapon will prosper. Attack can still come. Let's give us a B under this. Even though the weapon won't prosper. Trouble. Can still come. So here's the thing. Attack comes. But then attack leaves trouble because the attack doesn't leave you better than what it found you. So it's not just the attack. It's the trouble that comes beyond. We are uh, raising awareness to breast cancer. And those who are survivors of it will find that even though they survived the initial attack, there's a lot of ramifications that come with going through the health journey. Going through the chemo and the radiation, it leaves sometimes more trouble than you had before you went in. But in other words, if cancer had never attacked you, you wouldn't have the trouble. So it mixed all together, leaves you with a lot of trouble. All right, so let's go to C here. So we have A, B, and C. I'm I gonna bring up C for me. If God didn't stop the attack, His plan is to defend you in the attack. If he didn't stop it from showing up, he's got another plan. He plans to defend you actually in it. There are some things he does from the outside in. There's other things he does from the inside out. And you never know how much he can defend you if you've never been allowed to be in it. Sometimes you got to be in it to know how great it is. Um, when I went, used to go, years ago, used to go to car shows. And in car shows, they would have these cars and you could actually see the car on the outside and you could actually get in it to see how great it was. But they would have these uh, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, 400,000 cars. Uh, the Rolls Royces and such, the Ferraris, they would let you see them, but they wouldn't let you get in because it, it, it costs so much. You can't get in. You can only look from the outside and you can only assume and gather mentally what it might be. But if you've ever been able to get in one, you find out all the detail that's on the outside. There's as much detail on the inside. Same thing with God. There's some stuff you've only seen from afar. There's some of these scriptures, they don't mean anything to you until you end something. David and Goliath is good to read from afar. But when I got my own Goliath in my own situation, in my own face, I find God in a new way. I find him in another level. I find him at another Uh, another degree of understanding because I was in it. I didn't just talk about it. I was actually in it. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It says those who've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That means the enemy had his hand on you, not not that he was close to you, but he actually had his grip on you. But once you get out the grip of the enemy, those who've been redeemed, they can't help but say so. I can't help but talk about it. I can't help but testify about it. I can't help but praise about it because I was in it. Not just around it. I was in it. All right. so so uh, in order to explain this, I want us to go to uh, see here. I'm mean gonna go from C to this definition. This definition here is stronghold. A place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. So, in other words, it's a fortified place because there are some attacks that are gonna be allowed to come. And so the stronghold actually protects you. In the attack Or another way to say it, under attack When you are under attack There is an extra place you can go to In Psalms 91, they call it the secret place There are some things that you go through That you have to actually go inside In order to make it Because nobody knows what it feels like Like you And everybody's praying for you But there's some stuff You gotta do some battle down on the inside of here But God's trying to let us know that even on the inside, there is a stronghold. So I'm going to give us a few words here to let us know about the stronghold. Nahum 1 7. And this is the English Standard Version. Would you read that?
1: The Lord is good. Uh huh. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who take refuge in him.
0: A stronghold in the day of trouble. So it doesn't always stop the day of trouble. But he'll be a stronghold in the day of trouble. Let's back up and let's read that definition of stronghold again. So we know what the scripture is actually saying. A place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. So in the day of trouble, there's a place in God that can fortify you, that can hold you together in the midst of the attack. All right. Let's go to Psalms 9 and 9.
1: The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed.
0: Go ahead and and advance it. A
1: stronghold in times of trouble.
0: A stronghold in times of trouble. In trouble. Let's look at Psalms 18 and 2. The Lord
1: is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. And
0: my deliverer. How will you ever know him as a deliverer if you've never seen anybody? And I'm sorry that you joined Deliverance Temple, but because you are here, there's going to be some stuff you're going to have to be delivered from. And that means sometimes you're going to face some stuff that has the potential to hold you in bondage. But what keeps you coming back is you're going to find him to be a deliverer in. All right. Let's, let's read the rest of that verse. They're going to give you some more of that.
1: My God, my rock. In whom I take refuge. Okay,
0: uh, some more of it.
1: My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold.
0: My protector. All right, so now we're going to go to point number three. God as defender is a different level of power. God as father is one thing. God as Lord is another thing. God as master is another thing. But when God shows up in your life as defender, there's another level of power. I I hear my sister talking and it reminds me of something about us when we grew up and how I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it last week, how haphazard I used to be in my dress and not really care about how I looked. And my sister would fuss at me. On the way to school, she'd talk about me. But when we got to school and other folks would talk about me, she would no longer jump in and tease with them. She showed up as defender. Don't talk about my brother. Now, wait a second. You said the same stuff when we was at home. But it's different. See, I can talk to you in a way they can't talk to you. Because they don't have the relationship with you that I have. So... When you say it, watch your mouth. I don't know who you're talking about because I'm showing up as defender. And when I show up as defender, it's a whole different level. Let me tell you something your kids can get on your nerves but let the wrong person say the wrong thing at the wrong time and the defender will kick in the defender will show up and I'm here to let you know the devil he done messed around and said the wrong thing at the wrong time and God done showed up as defender don't talk about them today don't mess with them today don't you talk about them today the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren but I hear God saying I got the Defense. I got their back. I am their stronghold. And you done stepped in the wrong lane. You done done the wrong thing. And I'm showing up not just as Father and Lord. I'm showing up as defender. Yeah. And and this is the kind of defender that's like the de- deodorant that lasts forty eight hours. That gives you long-term defense. I, I ain't talking about that cheap dollar store stuff that you be musty in two, two hours. No, I'm talking about something that gives me long-term defense. And this is what I need you to understand. If you're in a long-term trial, God will show up with long-term defense. And God will show up and be a stronghold in the long-term. And I believe since the new millennial hit, since 2020, we've been in a long-term trial. 20, 2021, 2022, and 2023 have been excruciating up to this point. But God is still our stronghold. He's still our rock. He's still our fortress. He's still our deliverer. He's still our defender. Let's, let us Let's go to this point here. As we track, provider versus protector. Let me talk to you women for a second. Most women love a man who is a provider. I like a man, uh, a lot of women nowadays don't want you to text them and talk about what you're doing. They want you to already have a plan. They want you to provide. But if you really want to turn a woman on, not only provide, but be able to protect. In other words, I, I take you out to eat. I open the door for you, but somebody says something slick to you, and you see that man turn into something different. I, I'm a gentle man until you mess with my woman. I may not be able to whoop you, but the woman needs to know there's something on the inside that rises up. Listen, I may get beat up, but I'm not going to let you talk to her any kind of way. Most women want a man that got a little bit of backbone. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Even women who run over their man, they get tired of the man allowing them to run over. They wish he would have, just get up and say something. Sometimes they're pushing him. Just to get him to just stand up and say, woman, let me do this thing. I, I got this thing. You need a man that can show up and say, I got this. Yeah. My kids and my wife were out of town over uh, Monday and Tuesday. And so uh, I rested, but then I started doing some stuff around the house. And then I end up, uh, I changed some light bulbs and fixed the toilet and fixed some other stuff. And I told Devin about it. She was like, thank you. Like, wow, she appreciated it. Now, I noticed the toilet I fixed, you got to hold the lever down a lot longer than you did before. I may not have fixed it the greatest. But it was something about the fact that I was trying that made it feel good. Well, let me tell you something. God is much better than I am. And when God shows up, he has a tendency to show out in your life. And when God steps in, I know it's hard. I know it's been rough. But when God shows up as defender in your life, everybody knows it. God got her back. Not only is the provider on the scene, the protector has showed up. Why didn't he stop this? Why didn't he stop that? Why didn't he fix this? Why didn't he fix that? I don't know, but I do know when he shows up as protector, you'll know it. You'll feel it down in your soul. There are some things that you go through that... That ha- like it has a grip on you, but you, you start knowing when the grip is loosening, and sometimes the grip is loosening faster than what the therapist might think, or faster than what you might think. You, you, that something starts happening down on the inside. You 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 start gaining something. The The one scripture says, with joy, we do draw water from the well of salvation. I'm laughing when I shouldn't be laughing. I find happiness when I shouldn't find happiness. I find joy when I shouldn't find joy. I should be crazy. You should be crazy. But there's something inside of me. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Somehow, I keep bouncing back. Somehow, I keep moving forward. Somehow, my mind is still here. Somehow, I still got my praise. Somehow, I'm still coming to church. Somehow, I'm still thanking you, Jesus. Somehow, I don't it. But when I look back over my life, I can say I got a testimony. I should have been dead and gone, but I'm here and I got a testimony. And all I can say is God is on my side. Let's look at Proverbs 18, and 10.
1: The name of the Lord is a strong Woo! tower.
0: My God. Go ahead. Next part.
1: The righteous run to it. And are protected.
0: Uh so the, actually the name of the Lord yes. is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a stronghold. That's why sometimes I can't even find the words to say, but when I say Jesus. Something happens when I say the name. That's why the song we heard in our praise talks about the name above all names. It's something about his name. It's something. Demons tremble at the name. The battle shakes at the name. I'm so grateful for the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong town. It's a stronghold. And we run into. But what it also means sometimes we are in running mode we talked about facing the enemy there are some battles that make you have to run run on the inside but the name of the lord is a strong tower all right so that leads me to point number 4 and this is my last point and i'm going to explain how i got here I told you i was going to pick it back up so point 4 somebody say say god, god. Defender, of man. defender of man so i'll tell you how i got to this this sermon how it was a little different than the way other ways God has dealt with me. So I was watching Star Wars and, uh, well, actually one of the Star Wars spinoffs. I was just watching it and I, I was half in and I wasn't totally paying attention because it had got past much of the story. It was toward the end, so I kind of figured out what was going on and I just kind of was looking down. I think I was looking at my phone and I, I just heard God say, stand up. And so I stood up, and I heard him say, just turn this way. So my TV is here. I'm sitting here. I stood up, and I turned this way, and I looked this way, and I'm just. So I was watching it, but in the middle, it's like I had a prayer moment. I wasn't necessarily praying to God, but in that moment, I just felt God giving me instruction. So I stood up, and I don't know what was going on with the TV because I wasn't looking. I was looking in the direction God told me to look. And then God told me to look back at the TV. Which was interesting. It seemed like he could have just told me to watch the TV. But that's not what he told me. He told me to stand up. And I, so I did what he said to do. When I did that, I, I don't know what happened with the show because I wasn't watching it. Nor was I listening to it. I was actually listening to God. But when I looked at it, there were all these troops that had showed up. There was, it, it was a scene where these new troops were coming as actually the enemy And there were several of them. It was about 15 of them showing up on a ship, and they were walking in. And so when I turned and when I looked the way my TV was, I was quite close to it. And it's right in my face, and I'm seeing all these enemies coming. And I was just wondering, what does that think? So I went and sat back down and started paying attention to the show. And then it goes from the enemy, and it jumps over to the hero. And the hero is talking to someone else, and the other person says to the hero, it says, The war is coming. But the hero said, And we'll be ready. Something hit me in my spirit when that happened. Because the way I turned and looked, I seen the enemy. And it's like that, that's it's like we just constantly keep seeing the enemy. Constantly. Keep seeing the enemy. And the war is constantly coming to us. But the hero said, in other words, but this time we're going to be ready. And so I sat down. And then I had a a real moment. And in my real moment, I thought about the fact, I'm tired of war. I'm tired of enemies. I'm glad we're going to be ready. But God, are you saying more junk is coming our way? And I'm like, God, please, no, I, I I don't know if I if if we can navigate any more of this. I know you're showing me something through through this, and I don't know exactly what you're saying. So first I was excited, but the reality set in it's like, God, I don't want no more war. And the way I looked at it, it was enemy after enemy. And I was like, God, I, I don't really want that. And so I paused the TV at this time and just started talking to God for a minute, and he He didn't respond to me. Then he told me to look up, because I had stopped looking at TV. And I looked up, and there was this name there that I paused. In other words, the thing had played on, and the credits were rolling. And this is one of these makeup artists, just a random name. I looked at the name, and I was like, I really don't know what God is saying. So I go upstairs. But then I was like, let me Google the name. So I Googled the name, and finally I found out that the name was connected to the name Alexander. And I was like, what does that mean? Where's the name, Alexander? And the name, Alexander, the meaning of that is defender of man. And then God put it together for me. He said, yes, the war is coming. And you're going to be ready, but you're not going to be ready because of your energy. You're going to be ready because I'm rising up as the defender of man. And when I thought about it, Because, you know, if if you ever watch Star Wars, there are human-looking creatures, and then there's sometimes demonic-looking creatures. These enemies look more demonic. And what God was saying, I'm defending man because this is not a man, an attack for man. This is a spiritual attack. This is a demonic attack. This is unfair, and because it's unfair to man, to my man, to my humanity, to my creation, to my sons and daughters, I'm rising up as defender. And so having looked at all that, then immediately my mind went to this, and I'm going to put this up real quick, and then we're going to close with a scripture, but put this up. My mind went to Hamas Uh versus Israel. Now, I I don't want to get into the political ramifications of the Palestinians versus the Jews. Because that could take us down a rabbit trail. But I, I want to get into spiritual implications. Spiritually, Israel represents the people of God. And spiritually, Hamas, which is a terrorism group. It represents demonic attack. That was unfair. Hamas came in and did some heinous crimes. In in the name of terror. In the name of things that They always had tension, but this was another level. This was a demonic level. Normally, you don't mess with women and children. They they did all kinds of things because it's demonic. And I'm here to let you know, since this millennium has hit, the demonic pressure the people of God has been under has been unbearable. It's been unfair. But it's not God doing it. It's demonic influence. But Israel represents the people of God. And what God is saying, I'm tired of these demons showing up in my people's life. And I'm about to rise up as the defender of man. Now, Israel has something called the, the dome system. And if you look it up, what happens is when rockets are shot their way, The dome goes up, and the dome shoots and hits every rocket that is sent their way. But it's about 95% accurate. Sometimes 5% of it comes through. In other words, they say they try to protect the most populated areas, but there's sometimes so many assaults that defense system can't get all of them. And even America is trying to help them with that defense system. And so it says that Hamas sent like 4,500 missiles in the air aimed at Israel. And Israel's defense system is able to catch 95% of it. But the ones that get through still cause damage. And God is our uh, hope. And God has protected us from dangers seen and unseen. We don't know how much God has done. But the little stuff that has gotten through has been devastating to us. The stuff that has leaked through has caused so much damage and so much pain. And it makes us feel like, I don't know if God is protecting us. But God said, I'm rising up. Because now what Hamas wants to do, now that they shot what they shot, they want to come in and come on the ground, which is what they did. But Israel is saying, we're getting ready to take the offensive past Gaza and we're coming after everything that tried to snuff us out. And I'm here to let you know when God rises up in defense of you. There's something that happens inside of you that says the book stops here. I'm coming against every demon, every devil against my family, everything that's messed with my mind, everything that's caused me grief, everything that caused me loss. I should be scared. I should be shaking in my boots. But I got enough allies around me to rally to the call. I'm fighting back and I'm not going to lose because the defender of man is on my Sigh. Now having said that, we're going to close with the scripture. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read it myself, but just listen to it. And I want you to come with this mentality that God is rising up as your personal defender, as your personal defense mechanism. And it's no longer going to be 95% accurate. It's going to be 110% accurate. God's getting ready to show up in a major way in our lives. Psalms 124, this is what it says. Go ahead and put it up. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, verse 2, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, I, I want to change it for just for a second. Go back to verse two. I want Deliverance Temple to say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on DT's side, when people rose up against us, and well, I'm talking about people. We're talking about the demonic influence. Let me let me go ahead and read. You don't have to repeat this. Verse three. Then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, the demonic attacks that was against us, it should have took us out. We, we should not have our mental faculties. We, we should not be functional. We, we should not be praising. It should have swallowed us up. It was actually designed to swallow us up. Let's read some more. Verse 4. Then the flood would have swept us away. The Torah would have gone over us. My father used to always say, from hell to high water. In other words, if the hell fires don't get you, The water that should save you Begins to start crushing you And drowning you out And the waves of trials that we've been under It should have crushed us It, It should have washed us away But somehow We're like a palm tree We bend But we don't break Somehow we still got our fortitude Somehow our roots are still deep And somehow we're still strong When we shouldn't be strong We still have faith and hope When we shouldn't have Hope, why? Because the Lord was on our side. Let's read, coming close to a close. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. The raging waters, verse 6 Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. David said, When the enemy, my foe, came to me to eat up my flesh. Listen, the demonic principalities that are trying to devour you, that are trying to destroy you, that are trying to eat you up. It's one thing to be bit. It's another thing to be mauled by an animal, stripped from limb to limb and feasting on you and your carcass. That's what the, de- the demons and the devils have been wanted to do. They've been wanted to eat you alive. They've been wanting to rip your flesh, but God didn't give them over to the teeth of the enemy. Somehow, he gave me an armor. He gave me the helmet of salvation. He gave me the girdle of truth had my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. He gave me the breastplate of righteousness. He gave me the seal of faith. And next time the devil tries to bite me, take a bite of this armor because you can't get to who I am. I am protected. I am defended. I am still blessed. God is still on my side. I still got my mind. I still got my joy, I still got my faith, I still got my peace, because the Lord, he is on my side. Come on, let's read a little more. Yeah, just a little more, we about to get out of here, come on, let's read. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowls. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Somehow, we went high... When they went low Somehow we got out of the trap Somehow we're going to another level Even though we've been struggling Somehow God has lifted us up Somehow God has raised us up And bye bye devil Bye bye trouble Bye bye problem I'm going up to a higher place I'm going up above the storm You ever been in the plane And the pilot says We gotta go through a little turbulence But wait Till we get above the storm. I'm here to let you know we're going above the storm. We about to ride high and look at the devils and say, you can't stop this. You can't block this cause the Lord is on our side. All right. Come on. Last verse. And here's the answer. I help to the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I thank God for EBT cards, but my help ain't in EBT. I thank God for the IRS. But my help ain't in the IRS. I thank God for General Motors. But my help ain't in General Motors. I thank God for IU help, But your help ain't in IU help. Your help is in the name of the Lord. I should have lost my mind, but the name of the Lord. I should have been backslidden, but the name of the Lord. I should have been confused, but the name of the Lord. My help is in the name of the Lord. And the Lord is my defender. Come on, let's rise to our feet. Somebody say with me, say defender. Defender of man. Defender of my mind. Defender of my faith. Defender of my peace. Defender of my joy. Yeah, the war is still coming. But God is rising up as defender in us. And he's going to lift us up to higher heights. Where well, some of these things won't be able to attack and touch us because God is lifting us up and God is going to get all the glory. And if we come back down from our high place, we're only coming down to get somebody else and raise them up. This is our winning hour. This is our winning moment. The battle belongs to the Lord. Somebody say the battle. Belongs to the Lord Lord. Alright let's bow our heads Dear gracious heavenly father You gave me this word in a different way But I believe this word is a prophetic word Not just as it relates to Israel and Hamas But as it relates to the demonic pressure we've been under And we've been under demonic pressure not because of our mistakes But because we've been pursuing after you But God you are rising up in us by us, for us, through us, and you have surrounded us. And when it looks like we're surrounded, we're surrounded by you. And This is how we fight our battles, by praising you as the defender of our souls. And God, we thank you. Now, God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that has not saved, sanctified, filled with your Holy Ghost. Let them know now is the hour. And let them open their hearts to you so you can defend them as well. God, in order for you to defend us, we got to be on your side and on your team. And so, God, we pray that everybody under the sound of my voice, both in the building as well as online, will understand the ability to speak to you and say, come into my life. Save me. Heal me. I accept your son. As my Lord and Savior, as my Master, as my Deliverer, and as my Defender. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have need of prayer for anything, please come. God bless you. Have a great, marvelous week. We love you.